So you you have to find out, you know, so also, also you have to find out if, you know, what Justin can do when he's protected. Also what Justin can do if you give him a weapon on the outside. To get to your, your point, though, Matt, um, I'll be happy if the first couple of picks are in the trenches and then you swung for the fences for a weapon on the outside for Justin for the next couple of rounds. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. First and second round, if you can get a defensive player, if you can get – if it's going to be Carter, if it's going to be Allen, um, you know, then you come back and in the second round or depending on if they trade down, what they get is somebody like Carolina, whoever has two picks in the Mm -hmm. first, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, though, if you're in that type of situation, you know what I'm saying? So it, it would be, it's, it's the way that I want to go because we know how long it'll look. You mentioned, um, you mentioned the, the chiefs, but just look at the offensive line of Philadelphia. That too. You know, like yes. Just, yes. They've been great all year. Yeah. And then, I mean, not to say, and you, and you mentioned how well the chiefs line held up. The part of the reason I'm sure you mentioned is because look at the defensive linemen for Philadelphia and just the type of havoc. They, they, they give out uh, getting 70 sacks this past season. So if you can start there, because think about how much that helped Jalen Hurts throughout this season where he was showing what he could be, but it, it lessens the amount of stress on a quarterback when you're pressing, you're pressuring the opposing team quarterback and protecting your quarterback and keeping mm-hmm. his jersey clean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm with you. The trenches are Always the way to go. Unless like unless you're already there and we're saying, like, man, I'm one piece away. And you have good offensive defensive line. It's like all we need is this cornerback. All we need is this receiver. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we, we don't, don't have that. <laughs> we're nowhere near that. We're nowhere near that. Yeah. No. Fred, you are watching uh Chicago's fastest growing sports podcast. Uh, uh Chicago Sports Podcast, Monsters of the Madhouse, brought to you by TC's World of Wonders, Serendipity Ice Cream Parlor, and Budget Cars. We are talking with NBC Sports Chicago's Ken Davis. Ken, a Bears expert who knows everything that the Bears are thinking as they prepare for this must, must convert 2023 NFL draft. Matt the Coopman Cooper, Mike the Foz Fosno on our panel as well tonight. Uh, Ken, you know, you were talking about it. There, there's so many, so many things that Ryan Poles has to address in free agency. Will we really kind of not know what the draft plan is or will his – Long-term draft plan, particularly with that number one pick, be dick not really decided till after he fills his most prior his pri- his priority one needs in the free agency season. I think free agency is going to tell us a hell of a lot as far as what's going to happen in the first round, because if they go out and get a Deron Payne if he's not tagged, mm-hmm. we know that they're probably not going to go after Jalen Carter as the first pick in the first round, but. If the flips, there's the, now there's no defensive ends out there where you like, yo, it's so and so and so and so. You know what I'm saying? So that would be different because let's just say let's just say hypothetically they bring in a defensive end. It still could be a chance they would draft a defensive end. Maybe it wouldn't be in the first round because you need another one anyway. You know what I'm saying? But usually you you may when it comes to three techniques, you may want the other guy alongside of him to be able to do both, but you also probably want him to be stout against the run. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like what the Bears had when they had Tank Williams and Tommy Harris, where Tank could fill in and do things like Tommy Harris, but he wasn't Tommy Harris. You know what I'm saying? He could he could still play the guy that's kind of playing the nose or the anchor, but also if need be, you could put him out there in a three technique and he could help collapse, collapse the pocket. So you, 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 you don't necessarily know when it comes to that. But, uh, yeah, I think free agency is going to tell us a lot. Because think about it. If, let's just say hypothetically, they go out and sign – 
a, a tackle, right? Let's, let's just say Brown gets on gets out there on free agency, right? Well, we know that they're not going to draft a tackle in the first round, maybe even the second round, because of how high Ryan Poles is on Braxton Jones. Um, I'm all for if you're going to continue on with Braxton Jones, putting him on the right side, to be honest with you. Um, I, I just don't know still. You're asking a lot. Now, if he if he becomes a really good player, great. I never poo-poo on my own team to that degree. But I, I have to look at what I see on the screen. And I didn't see those ratings that some of these platforms were giving him when I was watching it. You know, I, I, we always had the joke where Justin, particularly in the first half of the season, always did that, that curve out. And it was usually because that left side was collapsed and he was back taking off and running his ass back around to the left side. And a lot of that was Braxton Jones. And some of it was Cody Whitehair, too, who was very susceptible to stunts. Um, but, yeah, I think free agency is going to tell us a lot about what direction they're going to go in the draft. And I'm happy now that free agency goes prior to the draft um, instead of you sitting there now and you're drafting a guy and then you didn't even expect this guy to get cut or, or hit free agency, and but you've already drafted and filled that position. So, it's like, that, to me, it makes more sense how they're doing it now. But, yeah, to answer your question, Cleet, I think it's going to tell us a lot in free agency, who hits free agency, but who they sign. Because, I mean, clearly – they should at least have one, two, one, one should, if they're out there, one should be a huge signing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, spend all of the money um, because they're, they're not close enough either. You know, like they're not close enough to be like, let's bring the cap. Let's bring the salary down to $0 because you don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know who's going to be a bust that you may have to go back out next year and sign to replace um, the player that's coming in here, the, the players they're bringing in through free agency and through the, um, through the draft. Ken, who's your dream free agency signing this year with the offseason coming up? I guess I guess if we're talking DT and he's old, I may lean towards Hargrave more than, than Deron Payne. Um, I, I talked about it earlier. Um, the contract – look, Deron Payne has never gotten those types of sacks. So th- that's a fear of mine. Like, okay, we bring him in thinking he can be that dual threat when it comes to the three technique, all right? Not just the guy that can get in the backfield and be disruptive, but a guy that can get in the backfield and actually sack the quarterback from the defensive tackle position, which is rare. That's great. Like, when people – still to this day, I think people take Aaron Donald uh, for, for, um, for granted. Yeah. Because you're not – one, you're not even supposed to be able to still be this good at DC. <laughs> as long as he's been in the league, but you're not supposed to be able to sack the quarterback straight through. Like it's, and he's undersized. Um, so I would probably go with Hargrave from Philly, even though nice. he's older. He's, I, but I know what he is, and I just have a fear. And again, it goes back to this, the Bears, right? Mm-hmm. I have a fear of, man, what if we get this guy? Do you guys remember? Yeah. And again, the system changed. Uh, too, but you remember like the Philip Daniels signing, and it was like oh. we got Philip Daniels. And oh, I, yeah, I, that one. <laughs> hmm, I think I think somebody got over on us this season or whatever. Yeah. So I, that's kind of yeah. like I, the fear of going after a guy who's only done one. The thing that you're looking for is the pressures, and he's only really done that one year in his career. The year that he was going to come out and get paid, mm-hmm. and us paying him. And him perhaps resting on his laurels and not putting the same effort as he put in this season to try to get to the bag. 
you, you know, you know, when we look at at what we have to do on the offensive line, I mean, I'm I'm under the belief with the cap space we have, Ken, and the need we have to protect Justin. Let's swing for the fences. Let's see if we can get Orlando Brown Jr. Let's see if uh, Michael Gillichi of the Niners is a realistic option. When it comes to free agency on the O line, where where should the Bears go? What makes most sense for them financially in terms of getting uh, a premium and I'm talking Pro Bowl caliber guard there for, for Justin Fields? I mean, if you can get Orlando Brown Jr., give him whatever he desires yeah. because yeah. It, it's, it, it helps establish that offensive line in such a way. And you have the premium position down. You had to pay for it. You didn't find it through the draft. But also this, this too, if Ian Cunningham and Ryan Poles are guys being former offensive linemen where they can identify talent, you don't have to wait to the fifth round. Now in the, the upcoming drafts, while you had Orlando Brown on this team, in the second and third round, you can start looking for that talented guy Perhaps put him at right, depending on what's happening with Braxton Jones. Maybe Braxton Jones is swing tackle. but And then you can move that guy over as Orlando Brown ages out and you've already had him in your system or whatever. But I think if you can get your hands on Orlando Brown, go ahead and do it. I guess the McClinchy from the 49ers would be next. I, it's just – I have – and it's wrong. That Haseem Riddick hit on him where he was parallel to the planet. Yeah. Um, it just – it, it, it just, and it's that's unfair, you know. Think about how many people and it's it seen Riddick is Sam Riddick rather isn't Reggie White, but how many times we saw Reggie White just toss someone over? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that just left a bad taste because Prince of the Center, uh, we were doing something and it was, um, I don't know, it was actually football night in Chicago, and it was me and Josh Schrock, our Bears insider, and they had Tremaine Edmonds or Mike McClinchy, and we both were like Mike McClinchy the week before the, the week prior to. The NFC Championship game, and then when I saw that, we texted each other and it was like, "Yeah, I think we should have went with Jermaine Evans over Breaking <laughs> Mike McGlinchey. So, but again, it's he, Mike McGlinchey is probably one of the better right tackles that you can get on the market. Uh, we were talking about him the other day uh, on a side note, and Josh is from the Bay. He was just—he's not from the Bay. He was just with the 49ers and of course the Raiders before they moved to Las Vegas. So he was just reporting on them for the last several years. And he's talking about that the McGlinch is going to be looking to get like 15, 16 mil. I'm like, whoa, that's that's a lot for a guy that just doesn't jump off the page for me. But you have to spend like you see those those QB numbers now. Dog, Daniel Jones is talking about he deserves forty five million dollars a season. <laughs> you know how wild it is in these streets. Like, so I oh, mean, dude, it's paper money. Let them ask for it so they can franchise tag you. And we can go after Saquon on that, man. Let them ask for it. Let them franchise tag him. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, Ken, Ken, a lot of a lot of talk too about the wide receiver position, and I think this year is kind of interesting too, because uh, we're look. I think we're looking to see what guys are going to get cut now with a salary cap and trying to get under and stuff like that. And you see the names like Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. Is DeAndre Hopkins going to get traded? And I was thinking about that for a second. I'm like, you know, if this was three years ago, I would be very excited about all three of those players right now, and I feel like those type of players might come with baggage at the same time. But then if you hear the rumors of a guy like T Higgins in Cincinnati, I say that is the guy you need to go after. I'm like that. If, if, if we're, if we're looking to go all in and bringing a number one wide receiver to Justin Fields and the guy that has all the talent like that guy, I say you give up a first round pick next year. You got to get that type of player in to that system. What is your thoughts on that? Um, I'm kind of with you. But the problem, so this is the problem. All right, so when you say we're giving up a one next year, mm-hmm. 
we're talking. I think we all hope that if the Bears trade down, they're going to have a one in next year's draft included in that trade trading down, right? right? But then we say, well, the Bears should have their own pick, so that would be two, right? But what if you need to move up to get somebody? So I'll, I'll say this: if I have two number ones in next year's draft, yeah, I'm, I'm going for T. Higgins. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely doing. But that's if the problem with that is if since he wants to do it because you have to look. You they have their contracts. Big if, yes. <laughs> yeah, because their contracts, they're not all going to get paid the same year when we're talking about Joe Burrow, uh, no. Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to be staggered. And so it's going to allow them flexibi- more flexibility than we think it's going to be allowed. And plus, if Joe Burrow is the man, do you want to take away one of the threats? Because think about it. they Look what they did with no offensive linemen. The three right. offensive linemen got hurt, and they still almost pulled it off. You know what I'm saying? So th- for them, to me, I would kind of be like, yo, he needs his weapons, particularly if we didn't have – we haven't drafted someone that we could kind of look at to like, yo, we trade T because of the salary situation. We got him. He may not be T, but he's 75% of what T can be. Jamar Chase is still growing. Joe Burrow's still growing. We'll be good. So if I have two number ones next year, and I'll even say like this, depending on how it goes, I just may need to do it if I'll have one number one next year, you know what I'm saying, to be honest with you. Um, but I would say this. If we're saying he's getting, I don't know if he's getting cut, but if you're telling me Mike Evans is going to be on the streets, uh, sign me up for that Mike Evans party, all right? Because, I mean, look at what – I don't, I feel like Mike Evans and Tom Brady were never on the same page, and they still put up stupid numbers. Yeah, yeah, like, I thought never that same looked, thing, too. I didn't think that. Yeah, 100%. Either. Yeah, it never looked natural, but then it's they still look. They will have drop balls, bad passes, mm-hmm. and still every year he has ten touchdowns. Basically, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's one of those. And so now you're telling me Justin with that arm gets a deep threat, and not just a deep threat, a catch radius guy and a high point guy, and how much it takes away from Darnell Mooney, where you this is a this is a stud over here. Yeah. You can't play with coverage over here. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to bracket this gentleman over here. Right. So now not just Mooney, Cole commit. I, I think they need to bring in a U kid. I think in this draft, this would be a great draft. Listen, kiddo, you can't block it tight end. Don't worry about it. We just want you to catch these. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's probably if, if I can get Mike Evans without giving up a haul for Mike Evans, I may lean towards bringing in Mike Evans um, because, I mean, he, he he just has to stay healthy, but he's still he's still Mike Evans. Um, so I, I would probably lean that way. Look, if DeAndre Hopkins is out there. Um, I, I, I guess, but still, I would go Mike Evans over DeAndre because of age. And also, I don't know how long did DeAndre Hawkins was on PEDs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, again, I don't – I mean, it may have been a situation where he was just trying to get healthy or whatever, but what if it's a situation where, like, he needs them? You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. You know, it's like, hey, I don't know. They sell that GNC. It's legal, man. It's legal. Right, right. But, like, if you, I don't know if you guys ever saw, like, the program, the movie The Program. Yeah. Back in the day. Latimer. Latimer. It's a lineman. Yeah, yeah he took off a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what if D-Hop shows up like that? Like, you don't D-Hop. <laughs> He's a full Ladies and gentlemen, right. we are talking with one of the brightest stars and most informed members of the Chicago sports media, the one and only Kenneth Davis of uh, NBC Sports Chicago, host of the very popular and right on the money under center podcast. You know, Ken, you bring up a great point about what a big, deep, deep downfield threat could do to Justin Fields. I mean, you look at the strides. Josh Allen made it year three when he got Stephon Diggs. What Jalen Hurts did this past year when he teamed up with Hollywood Brown. 
what can that do for in terms of for for Justin Fields as a passer? What I mean that, that opens up this whole other element to his game that we really haven't seen his first two years with the Chicago Bears. We haven't seen since Ohio State. Yeah, um, and and then th- this is another thing too. It hope it look they they already basically had the best running game of football. You you can't play eight in the box right now with that, buddy. Yeah. And I got and I'm I'm sure regardless of whatever happens, David Montgomery, there's still gonna be a a, a a two horse backfield back there and a quarterback who wasn't even a runner in college. We knew he was athletic. Hmm. But and that's and this is another thing too. I say this to people. Um Justin Fields didn't train last offseason to rush for a thousand yards. Yeah. I don't think he came like he was no he was like, yo, I'm gonna show him. You know, yeah, I don't think he's like, that was not yeah, that scheme. was not like, yeah. so think, just think about that. He didn't train for that and he was able to pull it off, but it helps you in so many more ways because you can't focus on, for instance, those, those, those edge rushers, you know what I'm saying? It, it slows them down. It slows the, 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 the linebacker. It slows everyone down when you have a threat outside of Justin, you know what I'm saying? So to me, and you mentioned um, AJ Brown for Jalen Hurts, uh, Stefan Diggs and what they did. You have to this year give him a real weapon. Yeah. I, I mean, a pure like not a kind of like yeah. No, 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 no. Because give him the stud guy out there. So again, we can totally evaluate Justin. You know what I'm saying? Because now the evaluation isn't fair to Justin behind a poor offensive line with 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 really to a bunch of threes, a couple threes, maybe one three and a bunch of fours at receiver. Cause nobody, nobody's a two right now this year. All right. Dude, that, 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 that year that Donna Mooney played with Allen Robinson last season, he was a two that year, but he still hasn't shown us proven consistently. Like, yo, I can be a two. And they were hyping him up to be the one, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Cole Komet, Cole Komet made significant progress last season. You know what I'm saying? But if you bring a threat in, it opens so much up for even Luke Getze. So they they have to. You can't just – you have to do the offensive line. And I'll probably say do that first, you know what I'm saying, because it's safer, to be honest with you. But you have to bring in a, tr- a pure threat so we can know how, how good or great Justin can be moving forward. Ken, what about Claypool? I mean, obviously we gave up a second rounder for him this year, and they're hyping him up to have a big season next year. I know he came in late trying to learn the playbook and everything. With our bad offensive line, and I've said this about all our receivers last year, did our receivers really get a fair judgment given how bad our offensive line was and how much time Justin Fields had to throw the ball? No, but he didn't endear himself either. You know, I don't know. You know, I was like everybody else. Yay, we got in Chase Claypool. <laughs> and I, I, I was talking yesterday. We were joking around. I was like, man, wouldn't it have been so poetic if the Bears still had the 32nd pick in the draft, all right, now, and the the, the, the damn uh, Green Bay Packers traded for Chase Claypool? And, look, he would have had, had two really nice games with Green Bay at least, right? But it wouldn't have been what they thought it was going to be. You know what I'm saying? And we'd be sitting here laughing like, ha, 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 ha. Right, and now we get we're stuck with the bag without that pick. With now you have to decide if you're going to sign him, and he didn't he didn't leave us with a nice taste in our mouths last season. If I'm being frank, he, he didn't. Yeah. Um, I look, I will hope he can come back and have a better season, particularly if he wants to get paid. Selfishly, mm-hmm. if he wants to get paid, being this contract, being a contract year for himself. Um, but I, I, if you ask me, Ken, do you think Chase Claypool is going to go off next season? And I had to put money on it. I'm gonna put my money on the net. Nah. 
Hey, Ken, I know you're tired of hearing these rumors. I know you're tired of talking about these rumors, but I just, if we could just uh, address the elephant in the room, because it seems like everywhere you turn, whether it's ESPN, CBS Sports, uh, the Tribune Sun Times, these these rumors about the Bears trading the number one pick, or I'm sorry, I apologize, moving on from Justin and going after uh, uh, going after uh, Jan uh, with the number one overall pick. Where are they? Where are they coming from? Is it just a bunch of nonsense that we're where we all need to you know fill time, talk about something? Guys need to write copy. Where are all these rumors of, of the Bears possibly you know going after Bryce Young with the number one pick? Where are they coming from? And is there any validity to them with who you talk to, what you hear? Um, I think that they're coming from this is a, a part of the year before March Madness when there's not a lot to talk about. Right. And the Bears have the number one pick in the draft. Look, the, the, the Bears, they have the number one pick in the draft. No one would care about us right now. Right? right? Like, so it was like, you know, they're, they're begrudgingly talking about the Bears. They're not like, yeah, let's talk about the Bears. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess we got to fill in this content. <laughs> but I will say this. I hope Ryan Poles is fueling that fire because yeah. he he should to make sure that he gets the highest quality of trade assets. Smoke as, long and as, Justin, as long as Justin knows, look, all right, <laughs> got don't worry about that. Just relax. All right, but we're trying to help you out. Um, I will hope the Bears would be doing that. To be honest, as long, like no. I say, as long as they're cool with their star player and he knows that this this is not true, you know, saying, but this helps us out because the threat of the quarterback that these teams want to move up for not being there, but they expect us to be set at quarterback. So they just look at, okay, if we don't give the Bears anything, the quarterback the quarterback's going to drop to us, yeah. right? So I would hope it, that some of it would be coming from Hallis Hall. Uh, it's been it's been thought of a little bit could be, um, but I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it centers around the fact that it's a lot of I wouldn't even say it's what it's content. All right, like people, it's only so much you can talk about. How long? Like how often can you talk about the Cowboys who aren't doing a damn thing? You know, whatever's happening with the Nets. You know what I'm saying? It gets to a point, like, and I know we're not on the East Coast, but that they broadcast to the nation, all right? And it's mm-hmm. like, but it's only sitting around so many teams. It's like, yo, it's us other teams out here, y'all, right? <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where they're trying to fill in content. Also, when you look at the fact that they, they have the draft on their network, so it provides more storylines for them moving forward and for the rest of their shows that are particularly football shows and stuff like that. It's the yeah. new Russell Wilson's coming to the Bears story of this year. <laughs> right. Oh, man. We, we dodged that oh, one. Oh, my God. Oh, we so hard. dodged that we one. We dodged so that hard. I remember hoping they would take Justin. I, I remember so bad. And, like, man, that Russ contract is going to be so onerous. Mm. And we're not going to be able to put anybody around him. But, look, I didn't think he was going to fall off a cliff. Oh, no. No one did. No. Now they got Sean Payton. They're trying to it. save him from drowning right now. Oh, my right. God. He, He's, he's doing a good impression of every Bears quarterback from the 90s, though. We have to give Russell that, guys. F- f- friends, you are tuned he in. He played like he should have been on the Bears last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> friends, you are tuned in to Chicago's Most Fun Podcast. We are visiting with the charismatic, exciting, informative Ken Davis, ladies and gentlemen, of uh, NBC Sports Chicago. Ken, thanks so much for joining us again. Lots of people with lots of questions for you, Ken. Um, folks, thanks again, our great uh, viewers, for your questions for Ken. And I guess if we could start off with our favorite Bears fan uh, from Canada, Kyle Bolton. He's uh, he's wondering, uh, what do you think the Bears' most likely trade partner is, Ken? And then also, is there a, a scenario possibly 
where it could actually be the Cincinnati Bengals trading up with the Bears, you know, maybe to get Carter or Anderson and putting together a package for us. Mm, I never thought about that one, Kyle, as far as uh, one of the trading up. I, you know what? I, let, me, let me leave with this. I'm not giving up a top five pick for T. Higgins this season. Because even to go, because let's go with Matt's point. That pick next year isn't worth the same because it's a year off. Just and I'm talking about just how they evaluated in the NFL. Like, so let's just say we had a top five pick next year. It would not be as viewed as valuable as a top five five pick this season. Now it could be different when teams are looking at quarterbacks that are coming out next year. But that that next year's pick, regardless if it's, it's the same slot, is under is a lower value. I'm I, the Bears have too many holes for that. That's just the truth. You know, like th- this, this, this right here is a golden ticket, right? Like, think about it. We were all going to be happy if they ended with the seventh overall pick. Mm-hmm. Then we were, we would settle for the fourth. We were like, man, cool. We got fourth. Yes. We, one of those guys is going to fall to us, right? We're going to get Carter. We're going to get Allen. One, one of them going to fall to us, right? Lovey Smith, the great Lovey Smith, Smith. Man, Lovey Smith, boy, you, 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 you helped us out with this. Lovey, we, we owe you this one for this one. Mm-hmm. Lovey pulled it out for us. And got us the number one pick. If I was the Texans owner, me and Lovey would have been scrapping. Um, <laughs> we would have been some furniture moving that day, but he like, whoa, I would have been hot. Uh, but let me I'll get back to what you say with the trade scenarios of as far as trade up. I think that the Colts are likely. Um, but I also will say this: this is a this is how the Bears really have to play it. The Colts and the Texans. Who did which one of y'all really want? Because you know they one of the teams getting ready to the lie. Even though the Texans with D'Amico Ryan's, he may not go after mm-hmm. a quarterback. I disagree. Um, my, my partner over at NBC Sports, Josh, uh, says that it's probably better if they don't. I say they should get a veteran quarterback and a young quarterback. Because even though D'Amico Ryan's has a six-year contract, after a few seasons they will eat that money up and kick your ass to the curb. So at least if you have a rookie quarterback, you could be like. It's his fault. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you got, and I'm a defensive coach. You guys selected him, right? You got to give me another chance with the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Rather than you come in with a Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy doesn't play t- to the level that you necessarily need. Uh, so that's the way I would go. So if going along with if the Texans and the Colts are going to draft the quarterback in the first round, who wants Bryce, Hart, Bryce Young? Right, because the thing is, one of you have to remember this: if you think Bryce Young is great, one of you, you're gonna be seeing him twice a year, on the opposite side. So you, that's how you have to play those two teams against one another. So I think it's the Colts to answer the question. Are the most likely we, we we've seen Jim Irsay basically say we're gonna do what needs to be done. Um, you, they they listen. The GM's over the barrel, right? Jim Irsay has the full reins of everything, right? And so it's, it's, I think it's the Colts, uh, unless someone comes in with a sweeter deal uh, or if the Texans are a team that if they're drafting a quarterback, they view that Bryce Young is a, a, de- a decent amount better than C.J. Stroud if C.J. Stroud is the guy they're going to go with. Ken, what if the Bears keep the number one pick? What would you have to see in free agency for you to say, we're going to keep that pick, we're going to draft Will Anderson Jr., he's going to be our guy. What would yeah. you need to see in free agency for that to be something you're going to be okay with? It wouldn't matter because I'd be upset. Um, I would still have to – look, they would have to bring in uh, Hargrave or Deron Payne, or they would have to make some deal to get a significant three technique. I know 
You got the kid over there with uh, the 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 uh, the Denver Broncos who they say can play inside and outside. Um, but it will have to be something like that where you, if you're going to bring in a Will Anderson, you better go and get the three technique guy. And pay, but see, that's what I prefer for them to do anyway. I'm, I lean more Anderson than Carter because it's very rare. It's hard to get great, great defensive tackles, y'all. That's a rare, like we, we, and, I, and then it's not just to get them. How long do defensive tackles last as far as at their peak of greatness? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, break that, but listen, in all fairness, ask me this. When was the last time Adana Kinsu was great? Yeah. Fair question. I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah, even, even that he, he got drafted the same year as John, uh, uh, Adana Kinsu. When was the last year? I don't think he's in the league now. Gerald McCoy. Like, if you yeah. tell me the last year that they were pro bowlers, you're probably saying seven years ago, if yeah. not more. Yeah. So it's one of those things. When you're talking about defensive tackle, it takes a certain kind of dude to be great and sustain greatness at defensive tackle. It's harder, in my opinion. And that's what makes them, that's what puts the value on them perhaps higher. Now, if the first, for instance, if Carter is great, great, if they're both great at the same level, you may need to go with Carter because that's harder to find. But I don't, I don't know if Carter is can be as great as what I think Will Anderson rolls out. Will Anderson mm. may end up being or whatever. Um, so I would lean towards uh, Will Anderson. But I mean, I'm be honest with you, I don't care. And Ryan Pace could tell me to my face turns green that we tried to do everything to move off and nobody would give us something. You have to move off of this pick. It's just, and I, I don't want you to move off too far, but you 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 have too many holes on this team and this roster to just say, okay, we got this one dude, right? I mean, when you can have a chance at getting multiple picks in this draft and a first round pick in next year's draft that allows you to then manipulate next year's draft to the way that you want to go about filling in the holes, because then next year's draft, depending on how well they fill out the roster this year, you can go hunting for said player instead of best best player available you know because right. you filled in so many of your holes well maybe you only have two or three holes okay we're going to settle this in free agency we got enough draft prospects to fill this hole but this one hole right here we can go out and get the receiver that we've been feeding for the defensive end if they take carter this year that okay now we can go out and get a stud defensive end too or look a crazy some great guard lower in the dra- you know something of that that nature that it allows you to do you know, how do you um as we sit here and talk about the draft? I know it's a little bit early too, but how do you kind of forecast the NFC North right now? Which I, I think it's going to be kind of interesting as, as we go into free agency because a I think the Vikings hit a home run getting Brian, Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator. I, I'm a huge fan of that guy. I think he's an excellent coach. I mean, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, but that offense was it, it was more explosive than we've ever seen under the Mike Zimmer era. And I think with Brian Flores there in place and getting some of his players in there. I think that team could still be very good. The Lions are on the come. They've got a top 10 pick because of the trade. Um, they got all young players. The, the, the way they've drafted the last couple of years has been great, and their players are starting to hit. And then who knows with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I still f- kind of feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to be there next year. So wh- how, do you, how do you kind of see the, the, the landscape going so far? I would say I see the landscape. The, the question is, I, I, I don't hate Detroit Kitties, right? But in, as a kid, I loved I loved um, Barry Sanders to death. All right, I loved Man. after Walter Payton. Barry Sanders was my dude. All right, one of my favorite running backs ever. All right, it was never a competition between Barry and me in my heart. Barry owned it. All right, mm-hmm. um, 
So I never hated the Lions like that, even though people from Detroit can be annoying because they live in our city, but they always want to talk about their teams. It's like, go home then and live there. <laughs> but, but most True. of it's empty. So what? Do you, what I guess you don't want to do that. But anyway, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so if the, let's just say if the Lions are who they seem they are going to be, I would say they're going to be number one or two. Because they, we talk about trench, and the fact that they they're talking about going to get a, a defensive end to go with Hutchinson, and they already have an offensive line. It's like in, in the, the receiving core, you have Amon Ra, you had the the kid they took in the draft that was injured this year that just came back late in the season. Like they He's have, good. yeah, they they have so much if it clicks and they can sustain it. Um, that it's frightening in a way, you know what I'm saying? To where they're doing this with Jared Goff. You know what I'm saying? Like, who looked great so, last year? Yeah, no. When, yeah. when when I kept hearing, "Yo, rumors are the Lions aren't going to take a quarterback," and I started reaching out asking people, I was like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "It kind of makes sense if you're in this draft and you don't have the if there's only one quarterback that your demon is that's that dude and he's not going to be there for you." All right, let's keep filling out the roster, and then also we still have uh, Rams picks. You know what I'm saying? Like it just didn't end this year. We we got Ram, we got another Rams pick coming. Um, so I would say that the Lions worry me. You everything you said about Green, I, I I would love for Aaron Rodgers to leave just because I'm I'm tired of hearing the noise in our division. I think he may stay, and so if I, he I stays. I think the I think the Pack are going to be better than they were last year. I think if he stays, they get a commitment that he's there during OTAs and training camp to really work with those young receivers and that they probably try to bring in an uh, older receiver to kind of uh, – even though the receiver, the, the free agency receiver crop isn't that strong this season. Um, I'll say this. Everything you said, Matt, about the Vikes is true, but Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. <laughs> and that will always be a situation where – and all in all – because it was – look, they, it was so many games – that they won or lost by like a point. Like they, if you, if we, since we don't watch them, watch them, it seemed like they had a better year than they really had competitive wise. But if you analyze really, like I think their opponents scored even more points than them or a little less than them over the entire, the point differential over this entire season. Um, So with the, it's like, I just, if they didn't have Kirk Cousins, I'd be like, yo, the Vikings, man, that's, that's different. But it's like Kirk Cousins always found us a way to remind us, like, yeah, I have the best receiver in football, but guess what? I'm Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Ken, you know, you, Matt, and uh, Foz were talking about how the, the entire landscape of, of uh, contracts are, are changing for quarterbacks. I mean, we're, we live in a world right now where there's a quarterback for the New York Giants who thinks he's worth 45 to $50 million a year. Um, can I get your thoughts on what I think is the greatest Wild West standoff in the NFL right now? The situation in Baltimore between Lamar Jackson sticking to his guns, his principles, not going to sign the franchise tag, and the Baltimore Ravens that don't feel – they feel like they don't want to get in a situation – like what's playing out in Cleveland right now or what's playing out in Denver. How do you see that playing out? Do you see Lamar Jackson in a Baltimore Ravens uniform next year? And if he is, Ken, is it on a franchise tag or does he finally get that launcher deal he's been gunning for here for years? If he's in a Ravens helmet, he's franchise tagged. Yeah. Because they would have got, they would have come to an agreement by now. Yeah. And I'm all for Lamar getting his bread. Um, now I'll say this because I was the owner of that team. It may not be me because the fear of injury, the fear of injury is real when it comes to yeah. Lamar Jackson, right? That style of play, you're going to end up getting hurt. Um, 
But I'll say this too. When you look at the situation that silly Cleveland, and I'll say one thing about um, Ryan Pace. Man, you sh- you know you should have took Deshaun Watson, but thank heavens you did, because it would have it would have ripped it would have ripped the Bears fandom mm-hmm. apart. Because there'd be some idiots that'd be covering for him. Like, man, I don't care. Something <laughs> like you see that foolishness in the in the parking lots in Cleveland. Just the it's just foolishness, oh. right? You look, it would it would happen here. It would have happened yeah. here had he had performed like he had in Houston here. Some Bears fans like I want to hear that, right? Um, so I'm happy that didn't happen. But see, this is the real issue, too, um, when you're looking at it, Cleet. Man, the Ravens, you mess around and you guarantee Lamar's contract, you're setting the precedent that the league is going to be – It's going. the ownership's going to want to jump on you. What I said about Lovey Smith and the owner of the Texans, that's how every owner is going to want to come down on the owner of the Ravens because it's going to be a situation like, dude, what are you doing? We have this – we have this perfectly broken system and broken for the players. It works perfectly for us as far as we don't guarantee these players' contracts. So actually it's 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 pie in the sky money, right? And it, because it's football and players get hurt, we can get out of some of these deals and it's not as bad as what it seems like. If you so if you start guaranteed, which let's I'm gonna be honest with you, they should be guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? Like it, being I'm pro player, but if I was an owner, hell no, I don't want these contracts guaranteed. <laughs> Are you crazy? But I saw it. I, the answer to the question, I think Lamar, if he's there, is going to be franchise tag. Uh, real quick, I see this was up earlier. I want to make sure I get to everyone's questions. Uh, someone asked, do you feel that Luke Getzey has to do a better play call, especially in third down situations? C. Uh, <laughs> definitely, to say the least. But, uh, yeah, that, that I, I definitely think Lamar, uh, if he's there, is going to be in that. Also, it's kind of like you broke it. So either go get two first-round picks – and Duke start over, right, or, or sign him. But it, it, right now, with how the situation is, it seems like it's it's in a bad place. And either just make it, just have a clean break. You know what I'm saying? Like now, this could be a situation where you reshuffle the decks. So in two to three years, you're stronger, and some of these teams that are hot now are kind of falling back down. Yeah, definitely will be interesting how, to, how it plays out. I tell you what, folks, we are talking with the very energetic and passionate Ken Davis of NBC Sports Chicago. Ken, let's flip the script on you a little bit. I mean, your passion, enthusiasm, and love for your job comes through in your work and just how you talk about uh, sports. Can you take our viewers back to the start of your story? Where did your love for sports come from? And when did you know your passion for sports was meant to be your occupation? Huh. Um, my passion for sports started at home. Um, every, I grew up with my grandmother, my dad and my great aunt, and it didn't matter what room I was in. Usually sports was going to be on. So in my house where that's not the scenario, it irritates me. All right. I'm the only passionate sports fan in this home. Um, so, you know, I grew up, I, Wimbledon can be on in this room. The Bulls could be playing in this room. You know what I'm saying? So like just all this different sports, my, my, my aunt. Uh, who moved to Chicago from Minneapolis? My th- these family members are from Alabama. That's why it's real tight. Uh, my aunt who moved in from Minneapolis, she I guess she probably was a Twins fan. So even though I'm a Sox fan, she would watch the Cubs. Or it could be a situation where she just watched the Cubs because Channel Nine was the superstation throughout yeah. the country. So she may. Have- so I grew up watching Andre Dawson when I came home from school. Even though I'm a Sox guy, um, so that's where my, my and my dad was the type of person where. He didn't hold on to yesteryear like nobody could be better. So he would give me fair assessments between players in the past, players today, 
why this is better, why this may be better, why this isn't better. You know, guys are faster. Just he would he would give me he I, he gave me his encyclopedia. He was very good with sports knowledge, and he passed it on to me, which kind of gave me an edge up because I have sports knowledge way before I was born. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, so and so was like this, like that. So I, my dad is front and center. My father also told me uh, when I was like uh, 19 years old, you should go into commentating on sports, and I I poo pooed him like, huh, no. I'm not. I want to be the story. I don't want to talk about the story. And if I would have done it, then I would be rich at this point right now. Rich. Uh, so I waited like another decade to finally get into sports. Uh, 11 years, maybe, uh, to go to a sports school with a, a friend of mine that I was working with. Uh, had went to a school that closed and he was going to go to ICB, which is now IMS. And uh, we used to always debate sports in the break room to the point where people used to have to come in and tell us to calm down. <laughs> so he's like, yo, I'm going here. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, I thought about going there. So him going there definitely put me in his position. And he was also my, my partner on radio on everything for years. Um, and then he stepped away. Uh, so anyway, we went there. Uh, we graduated. We, we were about our business a lot of times. And I would say any type, if you get into any type of trade school, make sure you're serious about it because all they want is the money. Um, so don't go there playing. It was a lot of young people and a lot of grown people that they were playing. You know what I'm saying? That was a lot of nice dude. I was breaking down thinking about, is this going to work? And am I wasting my money? Right? Like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm working. I got a three-year-old. I got a, I'm intern, I'm interning at some other, I'm, so I'm working two jobs basically because I'm interning late nights. I go to school at night. I work in the daytime. Um, so anyway, graduated. We got a show on at the school. Um, we were terrible. Um, I mean, you know, even when you're getting better, you're still not as good as what you think you are. I'm still going to be better next year than I am right now. Um, we got started getting producers. They help raise our level. Uh, my, 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 my co-host name is Demaz. Uh, a friend of his from school, Sydney, joined us. To his cousin, Kyle, joined us. Then the best, one of the best parts, Tony Gill, who works at NBC Sports, he joined us. He was our he was our producer before he was anybody producer at the score or at NBC. And um, and that opened doors because we decided, I decided, yo, let's make a show where we can swear and talk about something other than sports. And it was called The Flip. And um, we started recording it at the school, but we were able to start recording it at the score, right? So we're up there kicking it now. Like we're doing, we're like enjoying ourselves with this real equipment. And you look at it, you bring people in. It's like, yo, we're interviewing you today. Meet us at 670. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, what ended up happening, the school kill, killed our show, right? And I went, uh, I thought about what they always say when one door closes, another door opens. So I told Tony, I said, hey, Tony, look, Tony was uh, working at the score. He's a producer. I don't know if he was producing for Lawrence. I don't know if he was producing for Lawrence just yet, then, Lawrence Holmes. Um, so Tony got us a meeting with Mitch Rosen. Mitch Rosen told us, I know you've been playing in my shop, right? And um, I'm going to give you guys some shots. So we started sitting in for Julie, started sitting in for the Grobber, which was five hours overnight of sports yeah. talk. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> Shout out to Les. It's you, right there. It's, yeah. it's whole, listen, oh my, five, if you don't, five, man, two hours is all you need to do sports talk radio, to be honest. Three yeah. is the max of kicking him. So we would sit in, we would work holidays, uh, we do overnight shifts, 
Um, and we did that for like three to four years, basically. Um, then at one point after the pandemic happened, my younger brother passed from, um, he passed from cancer. He had leukemia. My younger brother passed. Um, and about a month after that, we were um, called to be on the score. We were asked to be on the score, but this is during the pandemic. So we were going to get to do it from home. So we're sitting there. It's me, Demaz, and Shane uh, Reardon, from, who is the one of the uh, producers from uh, Parker and Spiegel. Uh, Shane is trying to set up our stuff so we can all work when we're calling in from the phone, our phones and our computers and everything like that. And I see my partner's face and he is stressed. So I say, hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? He says, we'll talk about it after we get through with this this Saturday, right? So as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, shit, this this is over. I know what, there's no reason for him to say, we got to wait till after we work at the score this weekend before we have to have a talk. So when he said that, so we worked that holiday. I think it was a Friday. I think the holiday was a Friday. We worked that Friday more overnight, and that Saturday morning, I remember. I think I called him, or he, I can't remember, but it was like, "Let's get this over with." And he told me that he wanted to step away. So now I don't know what to do. Also, I probably, if I had any footing at the score, it's gone because it was a two-man team. You know what I'm saying? So they weren't looking for one man, Ken. It was Ken Demas. You know what I'm saying? So, but I can't. I'm not mad at him because I had. Man, I had so many years of this dude being 10 toes down with me. He's the only person that knows the struggles, the frustrations. We went to battle so much for this dream. You know, I wouldn't be here without him, right? So um, that happens, and I put I put a time step on how long I'm going to be doing this. I was like, all right, I'm going to wait a year. Then I'm going to reevaluate what I'm doing. Um, uh, luckily, uh, Sean Sierra would bring me in uh, to sit in for doing Sean and Maya. Um, and after a minute, Tony had told me like, yo, I think I got something for you here at NBC. Right. And I had to wait. I remember now people were saying some slick stuff. I knew I had that in my back pocket, but I wasn't saying nothing because it didn't happen. Right. So then, um, unfortunately, because we all know what the pandemic just cut payrolls and the, the terrific JJ Stankovic and Cam Ellis were let go from NBC sports and it became a spot open. And they put me on a trial basis, me, Eric Strobel, and Alex Shapiro, uh, who's the Bears beat writer. Strobes is now one of the higher-ups at NBC Sports. Shout out to both of them. And they gave us the trial run to do under center. And now, um, I, what, I've been doing this, I don't know if it's two years, or a year. Um, I don't know how, how long it's been right now, but I've been over here for a minute, and it's grown, and the numbers are they're, they're sweet. So shout out to everyone that's watching it or anything like that. But that's how... I'm here with you right now, um, just from hard work, uh, not letting go. Just keep going. I put my head down and I go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's just kind of how I go. I, I try not to get too high. I try not to get too low. I just put my head down and I kept going. And I'll see where it's going to get me in and just keep doing the same thing, hopefully moving forward. Yeah. Well, he is a survivor. He is a rising star. And he is the host, the co-host of Under Center, NBC Sports Chicago's Ken Davis, Ken, we can't thank you enough for joining us tonight. Guys, before we call, wrap, Foz, Matt, you guys got anything you have uh, for Ken before we call tonight? No, Ken, Ken, you're just extremely entertaining to watch at NBC, man. It's been a pleasure doing the interview with you today, sir. Hey, Ken, it's nice to meet you. And I was once a teacher at the Illinois Media School a long time ago. 
When was it? Hold on, when was it? Long time ago. It was like back in 2013, 12, 2012, 13, 14. Okay, so. yeah. this is the one downtown? No, I was in the suburb. I actually, I kind of went both of them. More so in the suburbs one, but um, I was going between both of them, yes. So I was there, I was there in, I think it was 2011, 2012, because we had to go a year. And I'm going to be honest with you, Matt, when you popped up on here, I was like, did I know him? He looks familiar, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. Awesome. <laughs> right, so he didn't wear the backwards hat during school. <laughs> that too, yes. Yeah, <laughs> but I appreciate it uh, to everybody in the chat, to you three gentlemen, to Brand. Uh, Brad, shout out to you guys. Brandon, shout out to everybody here. Everybody be safe, and I'll definitely talk to you down the road um, and look forward to it and keep up the great work, you all. And we appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ken. You have a great night. Ladies and gentlemen, NBC Sports Chicago's Ken Davis, host of Under Center Podcast, rising star. We appreciate his time this week. Also, Mike the Foss, Fosno, ladies and gentlemen, his hilarious and timely uh, podcast called First and Ten with with Foss is coming up here very soon. Look for that around draft time in April. Also, go to Foz's Facebook page, folks, at First and Ten with the Foz for a preview of it. Going to be a lot of fun. Also, uh, the great American football fan, Matt Cooper from Q103.1 in Louisville. Coop, Foz, fellas, thank you so much again for joining us. Guys, we had a superstar in Kent Davis here this week. Next week, you cannot miss it, 7.30, Wednesday night, next Wednesday, March 1st. One of the biggest stars in national sports media, let alone Chicago, David Haw himself from The Score will be with us. Get your questions ready, folks. This is going to be a lot of fun. We cannot wait to visit with David and get his insight. This has been Monsters of the Madhouse, ladies and gentlemen, from Chicago Please. Sports Podcast. Brought to you I, by World. I'm sorry, go ahead, Ken. I don't mean to cut you off. I apologize. Um, real quick, because you have them on next week. So yeah. some of the best times would be feeling like I got my ass kicked doing overnight. And uh-huh. Mullion Hall comes on right after, and David Hall be like, "No, it wasn't like that." And I always tell David, "I'm like, man, thank you, because you don't yeah. know how bad I felt some of those days." But that was it. I apologize for it, 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 interrupting your end. Not at all. Uh, yeah, not at all. That he is first class. He is a pro's pro. And yeah, anybody who talks to David Hall, I've had experiences with him too, where he just will make you feel like the most important person in the world, make you feel like you're you're Tom Brady. He's just great. But folks, don't forget next Wednesday, David Hall right here on Chicago Sports Podcast, Monsters of the Madhouse. We've been brought to you by TC's World of Wonders, Serendipity Ice Cream Parlor, and Budget Cars. Folks, don't forget to check out our Facebook page, Chicago Sports Podcast. Also, you get the hilarious work of Mike the Foss Fosno. Check out Coop at 103.1, Q103.1's streaming service there in Louisville. He is the best at what he does. It's been an honor and privilege, ladies and gentlemen. You have yourself a great night. We'll see you here next Wednesday on Chicago Sports Podcast. Monsters of the Madhouse. Good night, everyone. Even when you feel low, you can still go. Even when you feel slow, you can still go. Even when there's no hope, you can still go. I never answered a no, man, I still go. Go, 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 go. Every single day I'll be making moves Till I'm buried in my grave Through the system I don't wanna be a slave I've been doing shit my way uh, Or the highway And in the driveway Is a nice range Cause I grind through the climb I invite pain You never hear me bitch Nah, I don't complain Just gotta flip the switch And you can go and obtain Anything you want Anything you need 
Your mind's got the key ingredients, believe me. Better see what the negativity. But I just slide right by that energy. Even when you feel low, you can still go. Even when you feel slow, you can still go.